Dr. Dennis Baysmore, Vice President of Student Life, and Dr. Nicholas Pennings, Chair of Family Medicine for the uh, Jerry M. Wallace School of Osteopathic Medicine and Director of the Campbell University Health, Health Clinic. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for, for joining <laughs> us. It's, it's been quite a day. Uh, we were recording this on Thursday, March the 12th, so we understand that once this is published, uh, a lot could happen between now and then. But uh, Campbell University has uh, announced today that it will go ahead and cancel classes beginning Friday and uh, move in-person classes to online starting next week for at least a couple weeks. So Dr. Basemore, um, you're following the lead of other universities and colleges throughout the nation. Uh, but I understand this is probably still a, a tough decision to make. And so what went into uh, finally making the decision to move everything off campus for a couple weeks? Well, it is always a tough decision when you think about how it would impact almost 3,000 students, faculty and staff, their families, you know, their ongoing learning experience here. Um, so we looked at that, but the main thing for us and is the health and the wellness and the safety of our students. What can we do to maintain the best health and wellness and safety of our students, our community here? And so we had to look at how it's impacting our community in that way, and what we can do to ensure the safety of our students, relying a great deal on the directions that we're getting from our health center here at Campbell and, uh, and what they're sharing with us. Um, we're going to ask you a lot about the virus itself and about the safety measures being taken, but uh, one, one question about the move to online. I understand that this it's a lot more complicated than simply saying all your classes are going to be online. There's, there's a lot that has to happen between now and Monday. Um, how are we getting professors ready for this and how are students going to be prepared for this, I guess? Well, through our information, people that work on campus, they've been working for a number of days to get this set up. Uh, Blackboard is the venue that we use to do uh, a lot of online you know, instruction. And so we're working with the deans of each one of our schools to make sure that things are in place where the faculty can move to this. Many of them use it already. So it's, it's not like it's something brand new to the right. entire university, but some of them will have to come up to speed rather quickly to be able to, to deliver it this way. Okay. We know there are going to be a lot of students who are thrilled about that decision, uh, but we want to get back to how the virus affects the education process later um, and talk about the virus itself. So, Dr. Pennings, you have been at the forefront of educating the Campbell community over the last couple of weeks on symptoms and preventions. So, could you just tell us as briefly as possible um, what you know about COVID-19 and how we've gotten to this point of pandemic? That's a huge question, I know, but when did you first, <laughs> as quick as yeah, <laughs> as briefly as possible, when did you so first COVID-19 is a coronavirus. Coronavirus is one of the viruses that causes the common cold. So rhinovirus, adenovirus, coronavirus are viruses that uh, commonly cause illnesses, and typically those illnesses are much less aggressive, but occasionally a virus, a mutation of a virus, changes how uh, what we call virulent, how, how dangerous it can be, how it can impact the health of an individual. So this particular virus has a tendency to go to the lower respiratory system. So it goes into the lungs and causes an infection. So instead of just, as what you typically have, a stuffy nose, a runny nose, a sore throat, and maybe a bit of a cough with a cold, this causes a much more severe infection in the lung causing typically a viral pneumonia if it infects the lung. And that can make particularly elderly individuals or those who have underlying health conditions, particularly underlying health conditions, at risk for complications. And those are the people that have uh, 
those have been uh, have died from this virus. Mm. A lot of a lot of the fatalities from it or deaths from it have been because of underlying medical conditions. Um, is, is it true then? What people are saying people who are healthy going in into it have a much greater chance of surviving it and and overcoming it pretty quickly or is uh, usually yes but okay. you don't want to be fearless on right that. right uh, it can affect any age but we see young kids you know often are very vulnerable to things like influenza when the flu hits it's usually the very young and the elderly that are affected by that this seems not to be as dangerous in younger population which is very fortunate yeah. That's definitely a blessing. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how it's most likely to spread? Is this a, I can get it from touching a surface? Is this a mostly person to person? So mostly person to person, but the virus can live, it's estimated about 24 hours on a surface. Okay. So if you come in contact with a surface where the virus uh, is present, you can acquire it that way. Typically the, the avenues into the body are the eyes, nose, mm. and mouth. So it is, touching a surface or contact with a person and then touching your eye, nose, or mouth. Or if someone is coughing, they're coughing in your face and those secretions sure. enter into your Ooh. eye, nose, and mouth. Real <laughs> pleasant talk, isn't it? Yeah. It's delightful. I yes. have never thought so much about how often I touch my face and it's, it's <laughs> frankly absurd how often I touch I, my face. I think it's made everybody very Oh yeah, you get a little self-conscious. So, yeah. so the wash, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. It, it's been it's been beaten like a drum <laughs> this week, but it, I suppose there's a reason for that. That's is that truly the the best preventative measure, I guess. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, because because we touch our our, our hands, our, our hands touch our eyes, our nose, our mouth. We that is a big vector for transmission. So mm -hmm. when you shake somebody's hand, when you uh, have uh, physical contact with somebody, and then touch your, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, then you're likely to seed that infection in your body. Okay. Uh, uh, Dr. Pennings, um, you are the director of, at the health center, and this week uh, you did have a student who presented symptoms, and that student has been tested. And I know um, as you're waiting for the results of that test, uh, that student has been asked to self-quarantine along with a roommate. And uh, um, can you tell us, though, uh, the procedure when, when the health clinic uh, learned of the student and um, what were the procedures that were put into place? I know before that happened you had a very specific set of uh, symptoms for students that if you have this call, um, in. call in, you know, rather, uh, but when that happened, uh, how, how did that change things for Campbell University, I suppose? Well, there's two levels of risk now that require testing. So the highest level is somebody that has traveled to a place that now is in uh, a high-risk area, so that would be Japan or South Korea, China, Italy or Iran. If they had traveled to those areas and they presented with fever or cough or shortness of breath, uh, those were considered high-risk or if they had been exposed to somebody who was diagnosed with a COVID-19 infection, those were high-risk and that's originally all the only people that we were testing. Mm. This week, the Department of Health in, in North Carolina added another criteria for testing. So they added a criteria that if you have fever and lower respiratory symptoms, cough or, or shortness of breath, and you have a negative flu test, 
then you should be tested for coronavirus. Hmm. So that is a much lower threshold. That's more likely to have negative tests. So we're, we're, right. we're going to be testing a lot more people that will come up negative, which is a good thing. But the recommendation is if we test, we quarantine. So those people that we test, uh, we recommend a 14-day quarantine. Wow. I didn't know it was 14 days, but that makes, I mean, that makes perfect sense. The, the escalation we're seeing in the U.S. and across North Carolina just over the last week um, has led to some drastic measures today. Major events have been canceled. Um, sporting events are canceled. We're sad to report the Big South women's basketball tournament has been canceled. And I think the state is banning gatherings of 100 some, or 200. Yeah, some states are. I don't think North Carolina okay. has done that yet. Yeah. We're getting there. Um, <laughs> so could you just give us, both of you actually, your take on those measures um, and what some good ways are to spread aside or to stop the spread aside from the basic wash your hands? Well, we know that once we do, you know, change the way that we are delivering instruction here from face-to-face to, -face to the, the virtual online, you know, that we're still going to have students here on campus. Yeah. We're going to have a number of students that are going to remain here. So we're going to have to monitor the, the gatherings of those students. Take, for instance, we usually show a movie on Friday night. We usually have 20 to 30 students there. We've chosen not to show that this week, and we'll probably stop other things like that that are hap that have you know been scheduled to take place on our campus. We're just mm -hmm. going to stop those during this time frame, so that we don't encourage a crowd, a bunch of students to come together as a crowd. We may have our campus rec facility open, but there've been times when you see a hundred students in Carter Gym playing basketball. Well, there're going to be some students here that may want to use Carter Gym. What if we limit it to 10 students going in Carter Gym and they get an hour? Mm -hmm. Kind of like if you go to a fitness center and you reserve a treadmill for 30 minutes. We may say only 10 students can be in here for the, for the first hour. And you and your friends show up, you sign up for another hour, but it's a limited number of students okay. that can actually go in there. So we're going to find ways that hopefully still provide some services to our students beyond them not being in the classroom that are going to be here on campus. Right. But limit the size of the group we probably would take food service and turn it into a takeout meal. Instead of having, you know, 50, 60, or 100 students or more sitting in Marsh Banks at noon, maybe they come in and take their meal with them. And just to reiterate, uh, classes are moving online, but we're not requiring students yeah. to go home, are no. we? We are strongly encouraging students to leave campus. Okay. But there is no requirement or, you know, forcible situation that the university is moving students out. We're just strongly encouraging them to leave campus. And we're not using the word to go home because they may have you know, best friends sure, live right. in Benson or somewhere like that, mm -hmm. or Raleigh, you know, for the next few weeks they may run up there and stay there. And they may want to be able to come back one day and get clothing or something in their room and be able to go back. Okay. And uh, um, Dr. Pennings, uh, um, I'm sure you've been, you've been asked this a lot because uh, it's, it's rare where you have somebody with a, that can offer a, a professional medical opinion on this. So I'm gonna do it right now while I have you in front of me. But uh, in your opinion, uh, where are we w with this pandemic in the United States? Is this just the beginning? Is it, going to, is it going to keep going up, you think? Or do you think because of the preventative measures being taken that, that we're still early enough to maybe we don't know the, the impact this is going to have? It's hard to predict a uh, trajectory, but it certainly is going to continue to grow because we're not seeing any signs of it slowing down or plateauing. 
Hopefully these measures will slow the spread. Uh, this really is a number situation. The more contacts you have with other people, the greater chances of acquiring the virus. So that is why it makes sense to restrict sizes of groups and, and make them smaller and, and avoid any unnecessary social gatherings because there you're just multiplying the opportunities for the virus to spread. We are not going to contain this virus. It's not, it has not been contained. It's out everywhere now. Right. Uh, the best thing we can do is slow the spread of it, minimize the contacts for those at highest risk, particularly uh, elderly, and hopefully this will fade out. But right now, if we continue on this trajectory, we're on the same trajectory that all the countries in Europe have experienced. And whether these measures will prevent it from following that same extreme of, of severity and spread, there's no way of telling. But right now, it hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. Okay. Uh, Dr. Bazemore, um we just received news that the Big South uh, women's basketball tournament here has been canceled. We're seeing, um, I know you're waiting news from the Big South Conference concerning all sports. Uh, so sports is probably because that happens in front of a lot of people and involves a lot of people. That's probably going to go. Uh, do you see more, you mentioned other cancellations to other events, but do you see more um, cancellations coming and I know this is coming on the heels of opening a student union too so I mean I know that we can't make these predictions right now because we just don't know enough but right now we're saying we have a definite end date and we've seen some other universities who are saying nope rest of the semester we're just gonna play it by ear and until further notice we're closed so do you predict more cancellations happening after we reach this date of okay in theory we're gonna be all back together now is there any way of knowing that mm -hmm. We wanted to put a date out there to at least give our students, you know, the opportunity to realize, hey, you, we hope to be able to return to campus Good. and get back into face-to-face -face instruction here. We will assess this as we get closer to April the 6th. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're looking at it every day. We've been looking at it every day. It's yeah. on our radar, not at the back, but at the front, you know, so to speak. So we're looking at this continuously, and we will continue to look at it. Is With respect to the sporting events, I, I work closely with our athletic director, uh, there are meetings being held with Big South officials and the athletic directors and the presidents. Um, there are a lot of sports in the spring. When you think about all the spring sports, yeah, and and they're getting they're in full swing now, and it's going to impact us in that respect. Um, we've seen what's happened on the the national scene with the with the professional sports, and my sense is that you're going to see more of that happen with the college sports as well. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing all these basketball tournaments now being canceled. So baseball could be postponed for a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a season where you play 40 plus games, but it may be cut very, very short this year. And here's a time frame that a decision could come from the conference office. You know, we're not going to, uh, you know, schedule any games during this time frame. So I think, I think there's still some of that forthcoming, like Dr. Penning saying, you know, we haven't seen this so what peak yet. We haven't seen it subside. So I think you're going to see more and more conferences coming forward, making these kind of decisions until we see that tide turn. That's okay. great. I, I don't know. Personally, I know this is a very mysterious time uh, to be looking at the news. But just to me, as an opinion, having that April 6th date kind of gives me hope that the next few weeks, while <laughs> they're going to be incredibly boring, it sounds like uh, there is a date that we can start maybe getting more updates again. I so I right. think that's kind of important. Yeah. But in the meantime, 
Do you know anything about our cleaning staff? Maybe taking extra measures while people are off campus? Do we have any plans for cleaning and disinfecting just those public areas that we've been talking about? Well, we talked about that earlier this week when our critical incident response team met about how we can be more intentional about the cleaning that is going on and the use of hand sanitizer and so forth. I think with, with these weeks away, it will help us step that up because there's gonna be less usage, because Great. there's gonna be less people yeah. on campus. So hopefully when they do return, if and when that day comes, you know, things are gonna be better than they are even today because we have so many people on campus using all these resources. And sure. if we can lower that population, it may help our people in cleaning and facilities, you know, get buildings and everything really prepped for them even more so when they return. Sounds good. Uh, Just to comment a yeah. little bit on that yeah, as please. well is to recognize that the virus doesn't live for a long time outside that the human helpful. body. Great. So that it's thought about 24 hours that it cool. dissipates. So we don't have to worry about coming back to campus and being infected because of it living on yeah. different services mm -hmm. in, in the environment. An area that's isolated for 24 hours is considered to be uh, likely free of the coronavirus. Okay. That is great news. Okay. Final question uh, for both of you. Uh, I'm, I'm a silver linings guy, so and we are a, an institution of higher education, so we've got to get some sort of educational experience from this. Um, what can our health science students learn from this experience? What can we as a university learn in terms of crisis communication, and what do you hope our nation gets out of this? As a healthcare professional, I think one of the things that we learned from this really is a lot about infection control and infection management. But I think one of the things that you'll see spark the growth of is telemedicine. That's been a very hot area to begin with. And I think as this is really a reflection of the value of telemedicine in order to allow you to communicate, connect with patients, evaluate patients, without creating the risk to both the healthcare professional uh, and other patients that are in your exam room. One of the challenges that we have is, you know, we end up taking healthcare professionals out of the care system if they're exposed to somebody okay. with coronavirus. So that is important to be able to find other avenues to provide patient care. A quarantine doctor could still do telemedicine and may not ever need to be quarantined if they uh, were treating patients in that, uh, by that platform. And Dr. Baysmore, as a university, um, what are we learning from this? Well, I think we're learning, you know, how to manage a mass of people, yeah. be it on our campus, three or 4,000, or be a campus of 25,000. You know, a mass is a mass, but it can have a different size. So how do we manage that group as we address the impact that this uh, crisis can have on this mass of people and how we you know seek to find ways to ensure there's there's safety here you know we find ways to make sure that they're as healthy as possible and then we address all those needs that work around what about food and how we're going to handle food or how we're going to handle you know the housing for these students and other things that may come up and that's why you know we like i would assume most every school around would have some type of team that kind of comes together and provides management for the entire university when there's a crisis. Okay, uh, Dr. Nicholas Pennings, Dr. Dennis Baysmore, I know it's been an incredibly 
trying and busy week for both of you. Thank you so much Thank for you. taking the time to do this, and uh, good luck for the, the rest of the week and into the next couple weeks, I guess. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.